Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What is going on, people? Hope you are having a great day and a great week so far. Uh, podcast time. And this week, got the one and only Wongo. I've known Wongo for many years um, through parties, being on the road, and uh, his record label, Box of Cats. Um, he hit me up uh, about a month ago and kind of talked to me about some parties that he's been throwing in Australia kind of as COVID is kind of coming to an end over there and things are opening up and it's really interested. I really wanted to get him on the show and I'd never really had a like a full-on conversation with him. Um, so it was really nice to just get him on and have like a great conversation. Uh, I think if you know Wongo, you're going to actually really love this conversation. And if you don't know Wongo and you don't know who he is as a person, I think you're really going to gonna kind of find somebody that you now fall in love with. So without further ado, Wongo. Wongo. It is 6 a.m. in Australia right now, 8 p.m. in the UK. Thank you for waking up well early to do this. You know what's, you know what's fucked up is I still, after all those times of telling you what time to chat, it's actually 5 a.m. I oh, still <laughs> <laughs> but but I woke up at like four thirty, and I was just and just like you know how you just got something in your head, yeah. And I was I checked the phone, and I was like, yeah, it's it's nearly it's nearly eight p.m. London time, so I was like, I better get the fuck up. Sorry, but, man. Thank you oh, so much. Thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. How's uh how's life? I think last time I saw you was like a year, <laughs> nearly two years ago. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. Life's great. I had I. You know, during the lockdown and everything last year, it was have a baby, buy a house, um, start a new company. Oh, amazing! Um, it was like, it was like, okay, well, look, I've lost my job. <laughs> what what can we do to to fill our time? <laughs> yeah, and congrats on the baby as well. I remember when Thanks, when was it? She was born. Yeah, she. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how are you finding that? amazing yeah i feel like there's there's like a sleep thing that definitely is there but as long as you just pretend that that's a normal thing which it is it's like your brain just keeps moving on and plus obviously jess like my wife takes the brunt of everything (laughs) and i sleep pretty well but i mean at the same time you know that's you know as far as like happiness and and good vibes it's it's like 100 percent there so lockdown's been although it's been shit it's been pretty good for you like buying a new house starting new things up and having a baby is kind of like big life moves right yeah well i mean i i feel like i haven't had a chance to grow up over the last however many years because i'm too busy being a juvenile Yeah, I think there's been a lot of people. There. I, 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 I think there's I been. I feel a, like every time, minus, sorry. No, go on, carry on. I think there's a delay, which is annoying, but go for it. You go. 
Okay, I was going to say, um, I feel like every time minus one that I've met you, I've probably been in some kind of state. But um, Well, yeah, I was actually thinking know. about this the other day. I was like, this is probably why, like, we actually haven't, like, like caught up much because it's like every yeah. time we see each other is always, like, apart from the last time we hung out, which is really nice. Um, yeah. But every time apart from that, it's just like everyone's just absolutely shit-faced. And you just like you just can't yeah. you just can't you can't nah, like and I, and I blame it on loud, loud music. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But it's all good, man. It's all good. How's um yeah? How's the record label going? Good, man. Yeah. So we've kind of our schedule's full till November now. So for anybody um, that doesn't know, um, you you run Box of Cats with Kyle, right? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a there's a bunch of us that kind of work behind the scenes, but um, Kyle's kind of like the pretty face, and I'm the, the ugly face. You know, like the, the, oh, come the on, smiling man. clown and the f- clown. You're pretty, you're pretty sexy. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm married. It doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so like the actual label's going well. Like there was a like a dip in you know sales in the business side of things at the mm. start of covid but all that's come back and everything's nice and you know streaming numbers are up and and uh now it's kind of we're in a position where we want to grow the company again like either opening up a yeah. sister label or starting to run parties or um you know it's you, time to expand because we do you yeah. think the um do you think the streams have have gone up now or do you yeah, think- so I mean, at least for, at least for us, I'm not sure. Like, we have always kind of specialized in club music that doesn't stream very well. Yeah. But we've the last like few months we've been trying to, or you know, middle of last year we were trying to sign some records that that might be a little bit more stream um, worthy. Yeah, and we've noticed we've noticed a pickup straight away. So you know, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's just a, a better job on distro half or better job because the tracks are. A little bit more accessible or or what it is but i mean we've definitely we're, we're doing a little bit better than we were yeah streaming's streaming's really interesting isn't it because obviously the club music really isn't made to stream it's just how no. people consume music it just isn't dance music because it's understandable most people just want to listen to club music when they want to go out or get ready to go out and and that's about it yeah um and also yeah. i think when you've got the likes like when you've got all the pop pop stars kind of on there just taking up the bandwidth it's like yeah the dance stuff is a very small niche in in that if you know what i mean um yeah but i i do think I, it's I think- it's it's like it's weird because i've noticed a massive drop in not a massive drop but quite a big drop in streams since lockdown hit purely because there's no clubs and i think people just aren't yeah. getting introduced to music on the dance floor Maybe, maybe that's why something's kind of starting to shift back here in Australia. Maybe that's got yeah. something to do with it because people are clubbing and actually enjoying themselves. Shazam is you a know, Shazam is a killer. Like Shazam is great, and if the only thing people can yeah. kind of go by on Shazam, like Shazam and stuff, is on the radio, it's like, well, not many yeah. people listen to radio anymore, do they? No, no, for sure. Yeah, that's yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just. It's just the way it is, you know. We live in a we, we, we club music is a niche on its own already. Totally. So, um, you know, the and we work in niches of the niche, mm. and um, you can't expect 
money when you work in a niche. You have to kind of just do it for the love of it. Yeah, it's weird that, isn't it? Because we live in such a commercialized industry. Yeah. Mm. And kind of there's that want for to earn more money and like just keep earning and keep kind of getting more and more and more. And then realistically, there is a limit. There is a point where it's like, well, hang yeah. on a minute. You're not selling millions of tickets. You're not yeah. streaming tens, hundreds of millions of, of records. It's really weird. Yeah. It's really weird because we sit right next to the pop stars. So like we're on the same lineups in festivals. Yeah, so it's like you're just like yeah, it's, for, it's it's very hard to like not compare yourselves against them, right? Well, it's easy hard. It's it's very easy getting mixed up in it as well. Like especially in Australia where most of our nightclubs are playing top 40 music. Um, you know, it shows in influences in my music like naturally because that's kind of the world that I live in. So, you know, yeah. I'm releasing a track that might be 115 and then a track that's 128, you know, three months later. Mm. And that's naturally just because of the atmosphere in Australia and, and trying, not trying to so much fit in because I do like writing that stuff, mm. but it's um, it's it's what gets me, gets me paid gig-wise at the end of the day, really. Yeah. You know, if I could write just fucking kick drums and bass lines all day and, you know, I'll... I, I would. Yeah. I just don't live in the right country for that. Yeah, I guess I guess that's the interesting thing about the Australian climate is that it's it's always so far away from anything else. And not saying it's behind, but it's like it's so far away. So to get that over yeah. there, it's kind of like hard work. Unless it's like yeah. there's, there's some bands in Australia that are from Australia and only big in Australia, if that makes sense. For sure. And they're yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah. They're like Colossus. But like, yeah. What's what's your thoughts on the Australian scene? Yeah, I mean, I think I think most of our scenes based around Triple J, which is a, our national kind of cool yeah. radio station. And they, although they have been putting some extra energy into putting dance records on recently. Um, over the last five or six years, it's been predominantly um, indie bands. Mm. And so naturally, the, all the festival lineups are indie bands, Yeah, which is, you know, if people are listening to cool music and they're cool bands and they're running sick records, but um, there's not a crossover between that into dance music. Dance music's, you know, then we might get a side stage at a festival or something yeah. like that. Um, but recently... I feel like it's something's something is changing. Triple J, I reckon, have been asked to start supporting, you know, indie dance music as well. And um it's I feel like it's coming up, you know. So I mean I just played a, a bush tooth in um like you know, three hours away from where I live, and it was like electronic music all day and night. And you know, this is you know, with alternative people, yeah, and it was just fucking thumping, so it was sick. Can you can you explain bush tough to the rest of the world? <laughs> I was wondering gay people use that as a term. So do you think in in as far as what other people think is something far different to what it is here? Um <laughs> but a bush tooth is really just a you know a place for people to come together and you know, be free and listen to music and party and dance. And um, so it's, it's a festival. It's a bush festival that's not your normal day-to-day nine-to-five work-life people. And what's a bush in America, in Australia? Um, I guess the forest. Yeah. That, what would you call it? <laughs> yeah, I'd call it like the off the beaten oh, trail. Right. Yeah, like that. Like yeah. not where you would normally come across like middle of nowhere. But the thing is in America, you, not in America, in Australia, you have so much land. 
So it's yeah. like there's just so much out there that you can just so this is get so away. this is like two hours drive from from like a major city, and it, even when we we're getting there, we were on a dirt road for you know I think like thirty kilometers before mm-hmm. we even got to the property it was on, and then it was another twenty kilometers on that property until we actually found the the event space. It That's was amazing. it was fucking in the middle of nowhere, but it was sick. Yeah, I remember playing Rabbit Eats Lettuce once. Okay, that's what it was. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, and like, it was just yeah. like, it's like, what the hell is this? Like, where are we going? But it's, yeah. an, it's an amazing place. It's, it is like a very, for any, it's, I guess if anyone listening in America, the closest thing to it, I would say, is like Desert Hearts Festival, maybe. Okay. Where it's like very out of the way, like yeah, no one around and kind of no roads or anything, but. What I actually find really crazy is so like even though Australia is really a far far ahead of a lot of countries with COVID and um and that kind of stuff, this festival I didn't see I don't even know if I should say this but it's, I'm probably sure it's fine. I didn't see one policeman. I yeah. barely saw a security guard. I mm. di- didn't see any licensing. You know there wasn't bars. It was all BYO, which was actually nice because people kind of are responsible for their own drinking and don't over drink and all that kind of stuff, which is which is good. Um, but it was very, very free, even for COVID times mm. in Australia. It was, you know, especially when we're organizing a party for next week and it's very red tape everywhere. Strict. Yeah, I I, I like the idea of that. Um, it, it was nice. It was really nice. Is there like reservations like on how when people go there, like do people get worried or is it like everyone's just chilling? I feel like everyone's respectful of every of each other anyway. Yeah. Like no one's no one's in each other's grill. Like the de- the event space and dance floors are so big that kind mm. of social distancing isn't a problem. And if you know if you want to be close to somebody and they want to be close to you, you can't. You can kind of yeah. there's room to do that. Um. You know, and there was people weren't moshing because it's that's not kind of the the people that were there. Um. And so it, it, I felt like everyone was there and they did their own thing and no one really bothered them if they didn't want to be bothered. But, you know, people who wanted to be bothered would go walking around talking to everybody yeah. while ha- hoping everyone was having a great day. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Cause I yeah. think, I think that's part of the issue that we're probably going to find is that the, the weird thing about COVID is, and I don't want to kind of talk about it too much, but it's given the people that like power over people, in yeah. any in society not just like government or anything just in society has given them a, a green ticket or a golden ticket to be uh, like to be a dick and try and overhaul power over people and i, I that's the one thing i don't like about this it, it could get yeah. pretty messy it's fun. i've gone extra quiet like i reckon my even my personality in the last 12 months has kind of sizzled down and um, letting people do their thing because I want to be able to just do my thing. And, you know, you know, I'm abiding by the rules and all that kind of thing. But at the same time, I'm just, um, you know, letting people live their life because everyone emotionally deals with things differently. Like, you know, yeah, man. people I, rebel and people accept. I totally agree. And I think also a lot has happened in the world, right? A lot, a lot has changed in considering like, in a year it's been going on like not it's not just been covid it's a, a lot has happened yeah. in the world and a lot has changed good things and i wouldn't say bad things but interesting things if you know what i mean yeah. um and i think 
it's got a lot noisier out there. There's a there's a yeah. lot of people chucking their their two cents in and giving every telling everyone what they should and shouldn't be doing. And and I think sitting yeah. sitting back and just letting just doing your own thing. You've got yeah. I I don't know I don't know if it kind of changed for you like with having a having a kid and kind of having a few more responsibilities in yeah. life. But it's like let me just let me just live my life. For sure. I stopped watching the news. Yeah. So that was in the last six months, I just don't watch the news now. So I, and, and you know, I still obviously know what's happening around the world because I don't want to be an idiot. But um, but I purposely don't watch the news that I feel like um, people's you know reporters' emotions get into it and make it something that it's not. Or mm. you know, even I, I just want to, I just want to read headlines and understand kind of what's going on rather than um, yeah be put pushed in a certain direction. Yeah, either either way. Yeah, it's. It's strange how <laughs> it's so strange how it's like this this whole situation it's kind of gone very is it is it the same in in Australia where it's very divided on on yes yeah, left and right yeah it's mad I know and all the I feel like I'm a middle person and I'm and I'm quiet so what I'm in my head is imagining that there is a, there is still a nice middle but mm. we've all just been told a pipe down for a, for a while yeah we're not allowed to kind of be well not not allowed that's probably the wrong thing to say but it's more so like we uh, it's really weird it's really hard to kind of say how it is Look, but, and I, I agree with, i actually agree with both sides in certain different things you know especially totally. with, at least the way australia thinks and um but i just don't feel like I have to be either side, which a lot of people feel like you have to yeah. have to choose a side. No, I agree. And, you know, I I feel like I feel like there's a, a balance for everything, and yeah, at right now the pendulum is swinging both ways, and we the pendulum's yeah. not landed and not settled in the middle yet, and kind of pe- yeah. rational people have kind of or irrational people have kind of got a little bit more rational and. People are showing yeah. a little bit more, more respect to each other and kind of respecting other people's thoughts and opinions. Because realistically, at this moment in time, it feels like we live in a culture where you're not allowed to... If if you disagree with somebody, you can't be friends with them. You can't yeah. have anything to do with them. And that's, that's bullshit. Pretty, that's very strange. Yeah, it's, it's not... The, the way I kind of look at that... Go on. Oh, yeah. So the, the way I kind of look at that is the same as like when I was a child, I was told not to talk about politics or religion. That it was that was kind of my grandma was like that was the one thing that you just don't start in a conversation with with other people. Mm-hmm. And over my life, those two things have been very openly spoken about and um and kind of just kind of not got out of hand, but just they just became things that didn't matter. If you were weren't religious or weren't political, it didn't matter. Yeah. Or if you went from one side or the other. But this has kind of swung that backwards and I feel like now it's kind of a conversation. It's a, there's a conversation that you don't have with people anymore because you don't want the energies, you know, the negative energy to come around the conversation. Yeah. And, um, and again, I've got my, my close, my, you know, my direct family on both sides and we all sit at the dinner table and have dinner and have a good time, but we just don't talk about politics. It's yeah. just it's weird. I, I think the thing is, is yeah. I think there's like realistically, yeah, you're right but we're all allowed our own opinion. And as long as people are allowed to 
talk their opinion and it, you're willing to listen to other people's opinions and potentially yeah. be swayed and learn. It's all about education, isn't it? It's all about, oh, I didn't think yeah. of it like that. Or, oh, actually, yeah. this is, yeah, you're right with that, if you know what I mean. Or this is how I feel. Like, there's no right or wrongs yeah. in any of this. Um, yeah. It's it's just an interest. I, I hope that when things kind of go back a little bit, I wouldn't, I'm, I don't want to say to normal because I don't know if normality is going to be how we yeah. saw it. But I think when people are a little bit more busy and kind of back to work and like chill the fuck yeah. out a little bit, <laughs> it's going to be less anxious. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. So you've been um, hitting me up about coming on here and wanting to talk about, uh, this new party in the Gold Coast that you've been running, and I kind of yeah. want to hear about. It. I've I've got some friends over there, um, and they've said that you've been kind of throwing some cool parties. Talk to yeah. me. Yeah, so I mean, the, the, I actually tried it. I've been doing it with a, a friend, Little Fritter, who is meant to be sitting right here, but the, he didn't start, he didn't finish DJing until midnight last night, and he was like, "I'm not fucking getting up there <laughs> to come talk." <laughs> But um, but yeah, so like mid COVID, like mid year last year, we Australia's cases were really good and all that kind of stuff, and they started slowly letting you know people visit you again. Um, and then me and Frida were like, you know, fuck, we need to do something different. We need to like, no one's allowed to do anything, and no one's taking any risks. Why don't we take the risk, and why don't we do do the thing? Mm. So we, you know, we when restrictions came to like, you're allowed to have a hundred people at your house. We invited, we went, found a place and we invited a hundred people over and we had a, had a little dance party. And, um, you know, we did it completely for free. The police and like our Queensland health, you know, the, the state that we live in there and health officer came down to the party, walked in, shook her hand and said, great job. And then, and left. Cool. Um, so, you know, it was, it was all above board. Um, and then we did another one, which is a slightly bigger when the restrictions got a little bit bigger again, that was free. And then, you know, then they said dancing was allowed, like it was legal at a public place. So we, then we did a party and we actually, you know, did it for 600 and sold it out within like 16 hours. Cause I, people just didn't have anything to do. It was like, yeah. you know, turned into hard tickets really, really, really quickly. That's amazing. I've done a few. They've yeah it's it's amazing man i it's guess i guess ever. it i guess it just goes to show that people do just want like it's just it's the same in the uk it's the same in america the minute a festival goes on for sale everyone just buys them and it's like yeah. i think people have realized like shit we've actually not socialized and we've not it listened to good music yeah. and we've just been kind of like deprived of our lives and what mm. what a lot of people like kind of work for like how many how many of your mates just like work just to go and have a good time on the weekend and escape i know yeah like, there's so crazy. many people there's so many people that have jobs that they ha they feel like they have to escape themselves on the yeah. weekend and just have a good time and no one's been able to do that so yeah mad. yeah on like I feel like the first party, actually the first party we did was only for 25 people. Cause it was like super, super early yeah. COVID vibes. And, and even though like, you know, I was, me and Frida were both used to DJing to a lot more people than that, but just having 25 people in one space 
dancing and having a good time, like drinking and, and talking. And um, it was, it was this weird feeling. It was just like, fuck. So we actually, I realized that I DJ not so much as a profession, but I actually DJ for fun to give people fun and to yeah. give myself fun. And, um, and that was the, kind of the first movement in, the, in this new direction that, you know, and, and it, good energy is so much more important than, than anything else in this industry. There's my alarm to There's wake up. Alarm. Wake up. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's fucking bad. Um, so, yes, I mean, yeah, I think people coming together and having a good time is, is extremely important for everybody. And, and maybe we did all take it for granted or not that we took it for granted, but we didn't realize that was such an important part of our lives. And now it's definitely come through. And I think, you know, every festival selling out, you know, every party selling out, even lower capacity nightclubs are still selling out because people just want to be out there and enjoying themselves. Yeah. I think it's so important. I, I, I don't think we realize how it's, like literally part of our DNA to socialize and enjoy yeah. life. But like from yeah. even from yeah. like religious ceremonies and if you know what I mean, from like years yeah. and years, like hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, it's like, it's just in our DNA that we need to be around people. Um, yeah. And yeah. it's a, it's a connection that we maybe we don't fully understand. Yeah. And I, I think maybe we do understand it a little bit more now. Yeah, for sure. Is, yeah, because you were taking notice. Yeah, it's that it's that understanding. But I, I don't know. I don't know about you, but it is also like kind kind of like it's quite exhausting to a certain extent for me. Is like, oh shit, I'm supposed to be going out here tonight. I'm going for dinner here tonight. I'm seeing these people here, seeing those people. And it's like we've. I've done like nearly a year and three months without seeing people. And now all of a sudden it's like yeah. you're allowed to see people, which is amazing. But it's like, I wonder yeah. what people, I wonder how like mentally tiring that's going to be. Cause, cause realistically yeah. no one has a fucking thing to talk about. Cause we've done nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. I mean, I feel like that I still, when I go out, I still get anxious because I just socially get a bit anxious anyway mm. before I, when I go out to meet a bunch of people I haven't met before. Why is um, that? But Sorry? Why is that? I think it's just part of my personality. I'm, mm. I'm very, I'm very, you know, outrageous and crazy, you know, when I'm out and having a drink or something like that. But realistically, I'm, like, I'm not very, not many people know about my private life. Mm. I live... You know, I'm a solo producer who lives in a room by himself Monday to Friday, that mm. writing music and, and running a record label. I, I'm not really an out there go get them kind of person. Meet everybody. So when I when I find myself in a table full of eight people, and especially if I'm the DJ and, and a lot of the conversations are coming towards me, that's that's not my usual nine to five. Mm. Which straight away, you know, maybe that's why I drink when I go out. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I think it's probably 100% why you drink, isn't it? I, <laughs> you just got to admit that. <laughs> it's okay to, to have that, isn't it? It's, it's fine. What? Yeah. So what, I want to get into this a little bit. Like what, when you, because I can kind of relate to a certain extent. Um, I just don't yeah. drink. But it's when you're having dinner with, with a bunch of people that you don't know and everything's coming to you, what is the kind of like go-to reaction? Like what's the go-to response for you? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, so I mean, I feel like I'm super the reason I find it hard is because I'm a very, very honest person. So if anyone asks me any question about anything, I'm going to give them the long, honest answer. Mm. So, I mean, I, I kind of find myself quickly falling into a situation where I now feel like the promoter or the promoter's friend is a, is a, is more than an acquaintance. Mm. So I, cause they know something personal about me. Um, so, I mean, I feel like my first thing is to just keep, keep talking, just, yeah. just not keep talking until I'm naturally in a, in a conversation where it's not someone I don't know anymore. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. I, I get mean, that. Yeah. That's, 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 that's my kind of way around. And, you know, and that's, so that's the point now where it, it does, there's another hard part about that is now that, um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, um, Twitter, you know, emails, text messages between all these different platforms of people messaging. Like, and I'm not saying that I get have lots of friends or anything like that, but uh, it then becomes overwhelming at home trying to keep these relationships moving yeah. because you know I've made a deeper connection than just a DJ turning up to your city. No, I I feel you with that. It's 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 weird, isn't it? Because it must be it must be the same for them. For, let's say for instance for promoters on like in clubs yeah. like how many do they see 20 djs every month and yeah they're they don't probably i don't wouldn't say they're building relationships up with everyone but let's say for instance you're going for like a promote promoter meal they bring a couple of their mates or like it's the whole crew in the club yeah. and then it's like yeah it is a lot and i've, I've never really thought about it until you've kind of mention that are you the type of person that likes to talk about what you do for a living um not so much. i mean if the question comes across i mean i'll give them a pretty detailed answer but i try not to talk too much about um music and mm. that kind of thing i like to like i like to ask them questions about you know their life and try to get you know more involved and understand them as a person because i mean i do love socializing it's just i always find that first hurdle super hard to get across mm. but yeah Ask me anything and I'll pretty much answer it. Yeah. Yeah, because I am I kind of don't like to talk about myself. And I don't mean that in, like, if you do, it's because you are you love yourself. It's I just find it really <laughs> awkward saying, like, what I do for a living. I don't know why. Yeah. Because it's like... If, if anyone asks me if I'm a DJ, like, if someone says, you know, what's your name? I'll never say Wongo. It's always Matt. Yeah. And, you know, if they say you know, what do you do for a living? If they don't know them, my DJ, yeah. I'll say I'm a music producer yeah. because I, I kind of, it, 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 the expectation comes down a little bit. Yeah. And, um, and that's more, so I just, yeah, I, I hate anyone ever, you know, this is kind of a bad thing. I think there's a, there's, there's a type of person who does put themselves in that higher ranking mm. all the time and they do get more because they kind of make everyone feel like they, they owed something. Um, but I, I don't like anyone feeling like they owe me anything. I like to just be a, a human Level. on the same same wavelength, doing yeah. the same things. Yeah, I usually just say I work in music. I am, I am doing that. Yeah, exactly. It's it's so strange, isn't it? Society and how we all have these things. Like whether you're a software engineer, whether you're a music producer, whether you're a binman, whether you're whatever you are, like we must all have yeah. these social insecurities where we're just not too sure what the fuck to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why yeah, do you I think know, that is though? Do you think it's do you think it's because we're worried about what people are gonna say or what people are gonna do? Or do you think is it like that judging? 
it's some kind of personal ego thing for sure. Mm. I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where it kind of comes from, but I mean, I, I, um, I just like everyone feeling equal and, 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 Same. you know, if I say, if I say DJ or, um, touring DJ or, you know, uh. I even fuck. So when I used to have a day, when I used to have a day job, so I had a, I worked at a supermarket and I was also a touring DJ and my wife always brings this up, but, um, whenever I go to a conversation with somebody, I used to tell them that I worked at a supermarket, yeah. even though, even though like I was, you know, making most of my profit from being a DJ and it, but like, she was just like, you're not a fucking supermarket salesman. You're a fucking, <laughs> you're a DJ. <laughs> I think, or I think also, if I'm honest with you, and this sounds really bad, but I think if I was to say, like meet someone random and they say, what do you do? And I turned around and was like, I'm a DJ. It automatically sparks another conversation about me. Yeah. And maybe that's that's a really good point. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, I don't want to talk about me, so I will kind of downplay everything I do, so that I don't have to talk about me. And then, yeah, and then it will kind of. I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's why I do it. Yeah, for sure. Because because it, like, straight away, yeah, yeah, because it's, it's easy, weird. isn't it? It's just easy to go like. I work in music and then let's talk about you now. Like, what do you do? Like, what, yeah. where, where do you come from? And then you can kind of, you know, you're like, for me, I know that I'm trying to steer away from that question is like, <laughs> Oh, what, what does, what music do you produce? Or what, like, yeah. what, what do you say when someone says, what music do you produce? I can just say four, four dance music. <laughs> <Okay>. because, <laughs> because four, four gets the, gives them the rhythm. Mm. And dance music gives them the sound. And so, you know, if I ever say house or techno, then they'll be like, oh, what's kind of house or techno? Or they'll be like, oh, is that doof doof music? Or, you know, like, uh, <laughs> just easy. Four, 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 four key drums. And that's, that's basically, you can figure out the rest yourself. You can get, yeah. And then, just, <laughs> and then they just run away and not have to talk to them. But I do yeah. love, I do love those conversations on planes where you're like, Okay, this when you sit next to someone and you just start having a conversation with them, you meet the most random people, and it's like, I would never have ever like our paths would never have kind of crossed unless we were on a plane, because you can sit next to like crazy business people or just like super interesting people. I absolutely love it. How do you find the room? Go on. I was gonna say, so so you are a passenger speaking to kind of passenger yourself yeah yeah depends okay. Depen- yeah, i'm not it depends how i feel um mm-hmm. if i've not really slept i'm i'm kind of like the person that i'll always say hi to someone and i like For sure. if, if someone's like walking past me i'll always smile at them and i'll always say hi and if they're like if we're on a let's say on a plane and somebody kind of sits next to me i'm like hey how's it going and then kind yeah. of sometimes I regret that because I'm like, fuck, I shouldn't have said hi because now they're just going to try and talk <laughs> to me the whole time. <laughs> but I think we're both nice people. You have to kind of be nice and kind of be respectful. And some, I, um, yeah, I, I walked, I accidentally walked, like I had this agent maybe like eight years ago and he just dropped him one day, never emailed me, stopped getting me gigs, just like fully just cold, 
dropped me and it was the weirdest thing ever. And who know, was this? I can, sorry. Who was this? We need to name and shame uh, that person. It's <laughs> not very liked. Okay. Um, and so any, but anyway, so I just be cut completely cut ties, which is very weird for me because I like to keep relationships going yeah. for everything I do. Um, but uh, we completely just cold cut from each other. Um, one day I was walking down the street and he was across the other street. And naturally I was like excited to see him. So I waved at him smiling and I said, and I said, Hey, and he didn't, he purposely looked away and kept walking. Oh, and like, no. and it was the moment for me where I was like, Holy fuck. I, I didn't, you know how you say hello before you even realize who it is because it, that's the polite thing to do. Yeah. Um, so like I'd already been, nice and waved and everything and he still was a cop to me and i was just like oh well you know um it just goes to show that my natural reaction was to still bring him in and his natural reaction was to still to kick me out i think which is, um, was he an american agent or australian australian which is which i felt like was was pretty weird yes yeah, he's just a dick he's no, he's a dick he's a proper dick and <laughs> since then a lot of people i know also think he's a dick um, but like, yeah, just to, to cold cut me like that, I was just, you know, twice really. Like he, 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 he dogged me twice. Yeah. They're just not very nice people. He's, it's just, that's just not <laughs> a nice person, isn't it? Like business is business and, and a relationship outside of business is completely different to business. And yeah, especially being an agent or being in the music industry, you have to learn, like we live we work in a social industry. So whether that business yeah. doesn't work for you, you don't have to cut your like personal relationship away from that. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I'm very good at keeping personal and business mm. separate. So that was another th reason. So I've been, I've been managing myself for five years now, mm. but the previous five years I had a manager and we were best friends before he became my manager. Yeah. And over the five years, we just kind of grew apart. Yeah. And, you know, and I, it's cause I am a cunt to work with. I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I am picky and all that kind of stuff. And, but we, he slowly separated me from me because he felt like our friendship kept deteriorating. Um, and, you know, for me, when I was with him in person, we never spoke about music because that for me was us keeping our friendship and keeping, you know, what was good beforehand alive. But, um, but what was really going on is it, it, inside his self was every time we met, he couldn't let go of the anxiety of, of, um, manager, the stuff that I spoke about last week, you yeah. know, and things like that. And it kind of just fizzled out and disappeared which I, was sad because he was a, you know, my best friend beforehand yeah it's tough isn't it um when it's like that it's just it's true that a lot of businesses just can't work with friendships right the minute you bring yeah. money the, the minute you bring money into like a friendship whether that's a business yeah. or whether that's anything it's does get a bit touchy which is sad it's, it, yeah, I know. Because it, it, all it is is finances. Yeah. It's like I'd, I'd love to be able to employ, like, a lot of my friends. Like, that's one of my goals one day, to be able to, like, give yeah. my – just because I believe in my mates to be successful. And yeah. I would love that. But then the other side of it is, like, I don't want necessarily to be their boss because I think that just, sure. that just kind of creates a horrible – 
like dynamic between two people um that's so so yeah. the only person that so far it's really worked with is jess my wife so s- somehow when you're when you found love like true love you can't piss each other off you know and too much so, you know. <laughs> you've, you've got like you've got partners listening to this and going no my girlfriend or my boyfriend fucking pisses me off so much <laughs> could kill them i'm sure i piss her off <laughs> <laughs> but like so she she helps me with you know everything mm. you know everything and um and you know when i'm being a cunt when i'm like oh i need this i need this i need this she has um, the emotional capacity to tell me shut the fuck up yeah where where if it's someone that works for you they probably not going to tell you to shut the fuck up um you know unless you have a you know a really good manager or a manager that feels like they're your boss or you know there's you know lots of different dynamics but so far you know over the last five years jess has been able to be my wife and my business partner um without it hurting our relationship and maybe that's rare. Maybe I'm super, super lucky. I don't know. But I mean, Carl Watson does the same thing. So, I mean, I feel like, you know, that, that dynamic does, is there, you know, for people. I think, I think what it is that that's like, that's amazing first of all, but I also think what it is, is that you're, you're going for the same goals, right? You both want the same out of it for both of you. Um, I know with my, yeah. I know with my manager, like I've gone through some shit managers in the past, but realistically, like with self-reflection, the sh- it was my fault for being in those relationships and it was my fault for allowing yeah. those relationships to carry on. It's just like anything. Yeah, like, it's just like anything when you when you got a girlfriend or a boyfriend and it just drags out for far too long. It's your fault for dragging that out for too long. It's, it's all of yeah. our faults. Um, my, manage- yeah. my current manager, Ryan, we, we have this relationship where he would tell me to shut the fuck up. Yeah. But it's good. Yeah, it's great. And he, he will challenge me and I'll also challenge him. And yeah, I can literally hands down say, I've never been annoyed with him. I've never been yeah. like this fucking dickhead. Like it's just, just yeah. never. And, and I think that's because we're so honest with each other. And, and yeah. I think that comes back to what we were saying right at the beginning is communication yeah like just being honest and communicating correctly correctly yeah because yeah for sure in any relationship yeah and i I think because realistically like we let's say for instance you and your wife right you're only together because you've communicated so well over however long you've been together because if yeah. One thing, if you pissed her off or she pissed you off and you didn't tell her, she's just going to carry on doing that because she won't know that it pisses yeah. you off. It's just that yeah. simple thing, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, but for sure. For some reason, yeah. as human beings, we struggle with it so much. And I don't know why. Well, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's like ego. Like, I mean, especially if you don't fully, if you don't fully want to change or like do things differently for somebody else, mm. then, then, you shouldn't do it. Yeah. You know, that's when bad relationships get created and, you know, you might end up being in a, somewhere for three years and then realize it was, you know, all your fault for sticking in there when you knew yeah. it was something that wasn't natural. But, um, but you have to, you know, in anything, you need to leave wiggle room either side to, 
um, for you both to feel something, you know, be on the same wavelength. Yeah. Compromise. Compromise all the time. Compromise. It's shit, isn't it? Fucking hate compromising. You know, I, 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 so I drove to this bush on the weekend and me and a friend who I like, we've hung out a few times and we don't know each other all that well. We, um, we had like a deep chat like this completely sober on the whole, whole way there as well. And I find it, I find it funny. I probably know you about the same amount as mm. <clears throat> this is exactly what I'm talking about. How like the, the more personal and honest and deep you get with somebody that, deeper the connection will become and the you know it's we're not just acquaintances anymore you know now now when i see you i'll be less even less awkward you know socially awkward and it'll help you know moving forward to always to be more myself i think this is why i do this conversation i do this podcast if i'm honest with you is selfishly for me to kind of build relationships with people that i either know really well or don't know that well or just super interested in what they're up to um, yeah, it's like because I remember the first time we met in Gold Coast, um, and then last time, the last time we met, if you know what I mean, when we kind yeah. of all were like just hanging out by the side of the beach, and the last time we met, it was just like it was in the day, we were all chilling, like me, yeah. Teague, you and your wife, and like it was just like super chill and normal. And I don't, this like yeah. kind of, we could have a good conversation where we've never had that before. And I think it's just like yeah. it, communication is so key, but you need that first bit of communication where you're like, yeah, we, we get on pretty well when we're having conversations, yeah. but there's just not enough of that. I don't think in, in this industry, yeah, in our industry, you don't usually get time to do it. Yeah. yeah and it's, it's not, a, it's not, it's not a bad thing that, like we're all busy people we've all got shit going on and we've all got lives outside of our work if you know what i mean like and and i want people to have lives but what i really want to do with this podcast is allow other people to hear these conversations because i think it's so healthy to have a long form conversation for sure is have you have you done anyone on the podcast who you haven't known known whatsoever and you've really struggled to have a connection with um no like you yeah, I, that's good. I try to, I try to bring. In fact, that I've had two people, uh, two people on that I had never met in my life. Like, I had yeah. a girl called Cat. I've oh, she, that's really bad that I've forgotten her surname. But she's like a food writer. Um, okay, and she was amazing. I just like I came across her on YouTube. I was really into what she kind of did and followed her on instagram and like i love food so we just literally spoke about food for about an hour and it was just like good fun (laughs) and another guy was a guy called jake hanrahan who's uh he's like a conflict journalist um and i was just like super into what he did like i was i was really into how he kind of was a journalist on situations that we don't hear about in the world and that we should hear about and the fact that the mainstream media just don't really give a fuck about what is actually happening they're just worried about like what what like people are going to click on really and we had like really really deep conversations with people that i've i've never met and honestly like i speak to these people but am i going to meet them again i don't know if you know what i mean yeah um yeah but that conversation is always going to be there for people to listen to. And it's that, that kind of connection that 
I just want people to understand that like talking is so important. Yeah. Do you, do you ever feel like when you're flying into a city and you see like, you know, at nighttime and you see all the lights on in every single house and like how many people live in each other in each house mm. and how many interesting stories each, each person has. Yeah. And like, really, I like when I look at the lights, I just think it's like this big, you know, energy of like this different lives and different things that people have experienced and good things and bad things and great things and terrible things. And like constantly it's like, that's the only thing I think about when I'm flying into a city is, is how much, how many interesting things are happening right underneath my feet as I'm flying in that I'll never, ever, ever know about. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's mad, isn't it? Because we live in this, this world that's so small. Um, yeah. Like I was in Brighton the other day, seeing one of my best friends and also doing some studio work and, walking down the street was my one of my ex-girlfriends from school so like from like fucking years ago her little sister who yeah. i haven't seen in like well she's an adult now and she was definitely not an yeah. adult she was like five years old last time i saw her and you're just like shit yeah. like this world is so small like how how is it that we are on the same street out of 68 million people in the UK? Yeah. We're on the same street at exactly the same time. Yeah. It's so mad. And then, yeah, you're right. Everyone that you walk past has their own life story and has yeah. their own experiences. And I think it's just about learning from people. Um Yeah. In yeah, like knowledge is power, but it doesn't have to be something like knowledge of like does the power knowledge doesn't have to be powerful itself, but just powerful to, to you. Yeah, you know, just knowing understanding it, humans, which kind of goes back to the letting people do their thing. You know, let people react the way they want to react because that's you. You can learn from that. Yeah, like, no, I, I know yeah. this. This is kind of political, like it's a political thing, but like people tearing down statues just in general, you know, whether they're good things or bad things or that people did bad things. Once you start erasing history mm. or erasing things that have happened in the past, how can we properly learn, yeah. learn from them? Um, because, you know, in a hundred years time, people won't, won't know the truth. You know, people won't know how bad things were. So people, things could travel back in the, in the wrong direction where, we've got these p literal pillars telling us don't do that again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, and you know, I know, I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of good things coming from for now for people bringing, pulling down statues, but I think, feel like, um, yeah, I just don't want the world to ever forget how bad things once were. Yeah. Mark, like I we, find that scary. I totally agree. I think if we could all agree that we actually live in the, it's, we live in the best time ever. Um, we we do. We, we we do. Like, and I'm not saying it's perfect. Yeah, I'm not saying it's perfect, and I'm not saying there isn't room for improvement. However, utopia does not exist, and we don't want to fucking live in utopia because that's not yeah. that's not right. Um, yeah. It, yeah. There's been like in the UK. There's been like a few riots like locally in Bristol based on some like political <clears throat> kind of bill passing or something like that. And it's not, it's just wild. I think people forget that other people are humans. And yeah. one of my like real good friends is in the police force here. Um, and he's like in the riot police. 
and it has to go to these riots and kind of kind of look after property and kind of arrest people for being abusive and being not very nice to other people or to them the police and i think yeah. with mainstream media and i'm not saying all police are like this i know there's like a big thing on on police at this moment in time and but the the people rioting uh taking out that anger on people that are just doing their job yeah and you're like where where is where's the kind of the lack of um compassion to other human beings like that you're gonna throw a rock at someone that you don't know that's done nothing that's done nothing to you but yeah purely because you don't like yeah they're literally just doing what they do and they have to pay, they have to work because they've got to pay their mortgage they've got a wife and kids at home or a husband and kids at home they've got a mum they've got a dad they've got brothers and sisters and what gives you the right to to kind of do that to somebody and and that goes vice versa that's that's both ways it's police officers kind of taking oh are you still there yeah it's it's police officers yeah yeah and, and i think I think realistically, again, it just goes back to compassion and just like going, oh, actually, that is another human being. You don't know what they've been through. Like, we don't know how. How do we? How do we stand together? Like, is it is there some kind of new type of protest where the actual police are involved with the protest, and um, it's the police on the same side as the people? Um, you know, mm. I, I don't know what that means. You know, because obviously, you know, the police are there to protect, you know, property and things like that, like you say. But is there some, is there some kind of, I don't know, well, I, I think thing to change? I, I think the thing, I think the difference is, is that protesting is fine, but rioting is not fine. For sure. Simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's the thing yeah. is, I think, I think if we're all pretty, if if we all sit back and go, we we all kind of have the same view. We all kind of want the same thing. Most people, we all mm. want to be able to work. Yeah. We all want our families to be fit and healthy. We want health to be healthy and we want to have food on the table. Realistically, if we split everything yeah. back to that and we want to be able to yeah. be free and do our own things. Most people want that. Yeah. And I think it's just the... It's just a very small minority that kind of always fuck it up for the rest. Yeah, and that's and that's what the media always is pushing because that's what's getting clicks because yeah. it's not it's not normal. Yeah, and which yeah, which gives a very misconstrued version of what the world is really like. Yeah, one hundred percent. Because walking down the street, people are cool. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Even even like through through the last six months, I, um, most of the people I've met, like new people that I've met, still actually have very very similar views to what what I do. Yeah, and um, which may, and and which always makes me feel like oh maybe there is maybe there is more middle people maybe there you know than than I really thought there was and there really really is I I think that like you're saying like when you hope things kind of start moving in a more positive direction I think I think that's already at least happening in Australia. Yeah. Maybe maybe that's because we've kind of been out of COVID for a little a little while now yeah. and the news isn't really talking about it as much. 
maybe like it, I definitely do feel a wave of like good energy and good um, aspirations from people coming, coming through. Like it, it's, it's here. Yeah. I think people are just fed up, aren't they as well of just being yeah. around negative, just negative attitudes on what it, it's just, you're, you're forcing people into a crazy mental health kind of yeah situation done yeah where you're telling people it's just scaremongering and there's no one that's like there are a lot of people actually but the majority of people listen to mainstream news and mainstream media and like the amount of but realistically it's the minorities that are louder than the majorities it's the far left the far right are always louder than than yeah. the majority because the majorities have just got better things to worry about yeah well they're they're, ex- they're extremists not in a way of saying they're terrorists but they're extreme the extremists in the what in their views so <clears throat> naturally extremists are always going to be louder yeah fuckers motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> so so <laughs> so let's on, an, on another note what's what's your what's your lifestyle right now um for you what's your day-to-day kind of will clark so for me it depends um during most of covid it was like wake up train studio go for a walk in the hills just like cook for my family every night and kind of just crack on with that uh my parents own a drug and alcohol rehab so i've been helping them out with usually um a client when a new client would come into the rehab they would just like get a train down or someone would drive them down but because of covid we have to like test them and do all of that so i've been just helping them out and going to pick clients up and testing them and then dropping them back in the in the rehab um so i've been helping them out which has been nice to kind of just get out of my head a little bit and just get on the road and just do some driving and listen to some books and shit like that um, yeah, I've been baking a shit ton. I've been like learning yeah. how to bake um, and cooking a load, um, but that's it. I'm I'm ready to to get back into it though. I'm really ready. What about you? Yeah. What about you? I mean, now, yeah. I mean, if it's if I don't go to the gym, I, I Jess and I go for like a, a long beach walk or something yeah. with me here and um, like make the most of it. But honestly, it's like between it's like sitting in here, writing music for 30 minutes, 25 minutes, walking out there, making seeing how Mia is, walking back in for you for another 25 minutes. It's like, <clears throat> although I'm I can I can stay in here for you know eight hours and while Jess is looking after Mia, I kind of want to be out there. Yeah. And and experiencing these first few months of her life. Totally. Um so I mean I'm very, I'm very torn and you know, get only probably get it. I'm only like working at like 80% in the studio, you know, or in business trying to let leave that other 20% just to be fully in, in her life. So, I mean, that's, that's literally the, the, my last 12 months is, well, like at least last six months or even 12 months because while Jess was pregnant, because, you know, being there for Jess was also really important to me Yeah, totally. um, while she was, you know, going through pregnancy which is a, a whole other thing as well yeah um women are special but, people but, man. <laughs> could you imagine doing that, as that? A, could, women are special people could you imagine being pregnant oh, <laughs> it's gnarly 
so you go from so she went from pregnancy which was which was she did have an easy pregnancy like compared to a, a lot of other people i know but you know but it's not easy yeah. and then she went into having a c-section and then she went into having you know trouble breastfeeding and then but you know going through all these things and then you know that's no sleep as well like there's all these things that just like keep stacking and stacking yeah. and stacking and stacking and it would break any man yeah and um, <laughs> and then like you know obviously they start to come back off again as the um as a woman you know as life gets a little bit easier but like yeah. they still like that should surely is going to be the hardest the hardest thing they ever have to do i, I would i would like to believe <laughs> and they still have because <laughs> fucking hell and they still have to put up with our shit every day as well on yeah, top of that. yeah and then it's me saying oh can, is this does this email fucking read right like, am i being too pushy you know <laughs> I had to write a, I had to write a, this big long email to the police last week, and it was pretty much politely telling them um, we don't want them at our event. You know, not because we don't like we like police presence. Like they're going to be there anyway. Yeah. Um, but we just they wanted to be there um, because they feel like our events are high risk because of the types of people that come to it and things like that. But I had to politely say, look we love you guys and you guys do really well for us, but we just, this party needs to, people need to feel like they can breathe and be free. Yeah. You know, you guys um, have a presence, make sure people are safe, you know, make sure we're doing our job properly, but then, you know, leave them go again so they can do their thing, you know, just, you know, not having to feel like someone's watching them. Yeah. And, uh, anyway. Yeah. No, so, I, I, mean, I, I wrote that. this really hectic email and Jess had to come in and like reword the entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, that's good having a buffer though because otherwise you can just fuck yourself sometimes well i mean we've got security that's why we hire security and yeah. we've got medics on site and, th- and things like that we've got things in place to mitigate risk and um and they'll you know they just feel like that they would like to mitigate it further and we, we just said you know politely no do they have power to close parties down uh sure if we were super unsafe yeah we've got like you know we've got plans in place for everything we've got like i think there's a higher chance of like liquor licensing closing you down mm. due to um social distancing so we have to like the event space is twice the size that it would usually be for the amount of people and things like that so you we've tried to put everything in place where nothing nothing can get us shut down you know yeah. as long as me and little Frida aren't being idiots on the day and treating being unsafe which when we're, we're not we're like you know these are the only parties where i kind of don't drink you know i yeah. might drink toward right at the very end but i um people's safety is is just far more important than me having it me having my own personal time well i think at the end of the day it's it's a business for you now and it, it's you're actually the other side of it you're not just a dj you're you're also the promoter yeah. and you've got other people's lives un- under your name really yeah uh, that's yeah it. <laughs> yeah i mean and, and so like I, I, yeah exactly so if i feel like any, if anything was really bad was it really to ever happen you know touch wood that, that doesn't happen mm. um but it's you know it's all my also my wongo personal name that kind of gets gets hurt as well so i mean it it's um there's a lot to just try and make sure that it's always 110 percent professional and amazing and fun to you know keep both my both my careers going yeah i really respect that man because it's you're pushing stuff ahead in a time where people are scared to do shit and yeah yeah i'm not getting many bookings you know what i mean so it's do it yourself you have to man (laughs) and and that's the whole point of being in a niche market right you have to just 
just hu- it's I hate using the word, but it's that hustle word. You just have to fucking work. No one's gonna give it to yeah. you on a plate. No one's gonna just like yeah. no one's gonna wake up and go, Oh, I haven't booked Wongo in a while or oh I haven't booked Will Clark in a while. Let me yeah. let me book them or let me start a party just to just to to help them out. Like no one yeah. thinks that. And I don't want anyone to think that. It's up to us to kind of no. push forward as artists and creators to kind of do that for ourselves. Yeah. Well, that's that rabbit seat led us on the weekend. Like I I said to the like my friend who was with me, I said, I said, although I know I deserve this, I said I'm blessed. Yeah. Like I'm very, very blessed to be able to do this you know and he's like he's like yeah but you you worked hard for it and i was like yeah i know but at the same time being rewarded for your hard work is 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 hard to get it's hard to actually feel like the rewards ever justify how hard you work because i mean from obviously five o'clock in the morning till 6 p.m at night to tonight i'm going to be i'm going to be working whether yeah. or not you know i'm not going to be djing so no one's going to be able to give me um gratification um but i'll literally be working all day you know 12 hours today and 12 hours tomorrow and 12 hours next day to to get the opportunity to dj on an amazing stage for an amazing amount of people you know it's 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 um you just got to keep keep hustling and in hustle i think hustle is just a bad word in general just because it makes it sound like you're taking something from somebody else even though you kind of you kind of are but but like you know that hustle means that you like to work at 110%, you know, and a lot of people just like to work at 90 or a hundred. Mm. And um, so that's an extra 10%, you know, that makes you a hustler, but really you're just a hard worker. Yeah. Hard work is something that it's so easy to say, you've just got to work hard. And so many people just don't fucking understand it. Don't understand yeah. what hard work is. It's, it's the same in, fitness in anything if you want to get somewhere you have to work i don't know i don't know how many people you kind of get asked every day like how do you get to where you're at and it's like Mm. practice but how do you get good at practicing you have to just put the work in yeah it's consistent like I, i i i've i don't know when the moment was when it went from a hobby to a job um but it was obviously it was a long long time ago but I mean, I feel like I just, the hobby took over my life. So I ended up just, you know, I was doing my hobby for three hours a day. Then I was doing my hobby for eight hours a day. Then, you know, and even up until maybe until, you know, you start, you can start branching out that the old thing that you were doing then becomes the job because you're doing something you're also passionate about, you know, like with boxer cats. So I started doing boxer cats and that's where all my energy went. So then Wongo kind of hit a standstill and that became my bread and butter and yeah. then box of cats starts building. And so, you know, now box of cats is a good place. And now I'm like, all right, so let's start need to freak. And then, so need to freak is now kind of my passion project. Mm. So these both feel like jobs. And then, you know, and, but then once that kind of gets to a point, maybe there's going to be something else that I want to do that that will become my passion project and need a freak will feel like a job. So, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's like, you know, people get new jobs in different industries all the time, you know, because they're sick of sick of their job and they hate their boss or anything like that. But I haven't got the situation where I can do that. So, and I know music, so I'm just going to continue to find new avenues inside music to feed that same feeling. Do you, yeah, I was going to say that. Do you ever get to the point where you're like, I'm actually fed up with not having a passion or not having a hobby that is purely just a hobby? Because it's the thing that I, that I have is that I enjoy doing things 
and then I yeah. automatically try and turn it into a business. And because yeah, I can't help that. Yeah, yeah. What what's that about? I don't. I just think that I I I don't know. I I think. I think it's driven by money and it's not that I'm a money, I'm not a money person. Like I don't care if I don't have anything. Yeah. Um, but I think that when I, when I have a hobby, it's because I like it, it's, it's, it's a good. And then there's a part of me that um, thinks, okay, well, if it's a hobby, it's probably a good idea. If, if, if I'm not the only person into it, there's probably, probably money in it. And so mm-hmm. like, I, I think about how you can turn that into a business and I just, and same with Jess. So Jess and I, that's part of our dynamic is, I'm really good at thinking of new things and she's really good at figuring out what that means to become a job or a business. And so, and naturally that we just bounce off each other until it becomes, becomes a, a new business venture. Yeah. Um, can't help it. It's just part of, part of, part of the back of my brain is to how to make money out of things. It's, the money doesn't have to be for me, but it's like it, it just how to, how to make it turn into something that makes money. No, I, I feel that I'm, I'm pretty similar in that. And it's like, so it does, it does frustrate me sometimes like i'm doing it at the moment with like i'm baking at the moment a lot and i was like okay i could buy a bacon like i could buy a proper bread oven and then i'm like oh yeah Yeah. that means that i then have to start baking more bread and that means i'm gonna have to start selling it and then i'm like i don't want to fucking be a i don't want to be a baker i just like stop it will just like accept that you can maybe that's yeah i'm thinking maybe because it's a hobby outside of music that you you have some sort of limit of control because you know i can't become a baker because then i'm going to have to be less of a dj and then i'm going to have to open a bakery then i have to open two bakeries you know like yeah you can only do one full-on all the way i've never i don't have a hobby that is not in music i always find hobbies within music like like you doing this podcast that's another kind of hobby for you it would have been you know something fun for you to do yeah, no, yeah. definitely. This is definitely a hobby in music. That maybe me, yeah. Maybe my daughter's my hobby. You know, and that yeah. sounds terrible. No, 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 no. It doesn't a, make sense. But like, she all my spare time used to go to video games or you know um, whatever, and but now all my spare time goes into her. Mm. Yeah, and, that makes and sense. And so that, that that's I think that's my hobby. Yeah. How did um how did Boxer Cat start? Um, so we were all releasing on a label called Jack Union back in like 2005, 2006. Mm. And, and that was by a guy from called hijack from Bournemouth. And he kind of just stopped doing music, left the music industry, the label finished. And we all kind of just went our separate ways and we're doing our things for a few years. And then, um, Jack Z, who was, he's like a, he was a producer from London. He just put us all on a random Facebook message once and said, like, I really think that the music that we like is unrepresented. Like it's no one's doing it. Why, why don't we start a label together? And, um, and again, fucking getting me involved was a bad idea because I turned everything into a business. Um, you know, we were just like a free label that just released music for free on SoundCloud. And it was, that was kind of the idea was to help people and just create a platform for younger artists to get music out, Mm. you know, with Carl Watson's weight behind it um out to larger djs mm. and and yeah then i think like six months down the track you know we're getting so much you know plays and stuff on soundcloud we're like let's turn it into a label yeah. and i kind of just kept getting more and more involved until now this this room is kind of hq and 
Mm. We, I've got a, a paid intern that comes in once a week and helps us with demos and, you know, does all that, uh, like organizes all like the, our assets and things like that. So um, that's awesome. But yeah, just, just there's a really slow, slow progression into something that's now, you know, doing its own thing kind of, you know, kind of. How many releases have you done? Over a hundred, 120. That's great. Over six and a half, over six and a half years or seven years. That's great. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yes. Yeah, so we, we, I would like to release less, um, but I feel like it's part of my duty to represent music that's you know from more unknown artists um because that's kind of why we created the label i never want i never wanted it to get to the point where we're just signing you know the bigger artists Mm. for for each release we wanted to kind of keep it on a on a level that was you know dirty bird was the next the next step up and they could kind of use us as a platform to 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 move forward which is kind of why we're thinking about doing a sister label that can either will either be above that or even below that again and um you know, just keep being able to push more and more music and, you know. How important is like a record label owner is like catalog. And I mean, like yeah. for people that aren't listening, I mean, catalog, there's a lot of record labels that release a lot of music because that's the only way to earn money in the music industry. And as a record label is to just constantly yeah. have a release. Like let's say for instance, like the big guys like tool room defected, um, solo Are they every week. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty gnarly. So I, I, I it's a, doing every two weeks is almost too much work. Um, I mean, for the size that we are, mm. but every, once a week is even crazy, but that, but like looking at our figures, if we would at least one, one a week, I know that it could really be a proper money earner. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of not wet, not the, the purpose behind it. See, yeah. there is a limit. I saw there is a limit where I say, okay, that this is the business and then I'm going to cut that off and, and work, work somewhere else. Yeah. So maybe, that, maybe box of cats is my baking bread and I don't want to buy an oven. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, like, I respect that because it's, it, it's still keeping that level of what you want in the passion there. Yeah. If you know what I mean, it's not, yeah, we going, want to keep it real. Yeah. It's not going full hog and going like, this yeah. is, this is how we do it. And, it's nice that you kind of stuck as just a label for the time being, because I think it's very easy to go label events, festivals. And then what happens is you actually just turn into an events fest events company rather than, rather than an actual record label. And then the music goes down and the music is like secondary to everything else, which we all know record labels that have done that. And it's actually shown because the music the music goes down massively and then people actually are like, wait, what am I listening to? Like the the record label that we all loved um, kind of, it happens a lot in record labels. And I feel feel like it was, I feel like it was still probably it's their new, their new minority that are into the music. You know, Mm -hmm. once you go to, to into that, that lifestyle, you know, when your record label becomes a lifestyle rather than it does a record label, you know, most of the people are into it because of the lifestyle, not because of the music. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is sad because, you know, yeah, the music does degrade, but um, at, at the same time, they're running, running a, a business. Do you know what I mean? You know, once you start hiring people, I think that's probably, you know, something that makes it hard is once you start hiring people and having to pay people, mm. um, you feel obligated to keep, keep, keep them in a job, you know, not just to 
just say, oh, okay, look, you know, we've made enough money now, but we'll we'll let you go because we want to concentrate on music again. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> they've got to keep it going. But yeah, I, I think I think that's weird. the thing, though, isn't it? It's working out what 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 are you doing it for, and what do you want to get out of it? Because yeah. if that is just to keep people in jobs but you lose quality it's 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 like clothing right you have you have that yeah. like really cool clothing company that then or or restaurant a really cool restaurant that then gets bought out by a big company and then it gets turned into a chain and then the restaurant shit because they have to go like they have to reduce food qualities and they have to do all of that and employ more people yeah. and take on more rent and things like that it's that it's that balance where do we where can we like okay we we're not going to have a chain. Be happy. Yeah. Like we're not going to have a chain, but we're going to have like 10 restaurants around wherever. And we're going to keep yeah. them all ourselves. It's, but then, and then it turns into a, does, do, do we get greedy? And do we like, Oh, we like yeah. having 10. We need a hundred. Greed is probably a big part of it. Mm. Yeah, well, even like I mean, all humans are greedy, but what, yeah. yeah, are you able to stop yourself from being greedy? Yeah. And with boxer cats, I, I gen because there's so many, also because there's so many involved. Um, I feel like if unless we were all like, let's go to another level. Yeah. Um, like I, I don't have the energy to to do that on my own, or Kyle doesn't have it have it. So I mean, it does help keep things back down a little bit. Mm. I think everyone having their own careers outside of the label itself how many people are actually involved in box of cats then uh, there's six six of us like own the label so mm. it's good like if we would ever to stop part ways we would just split everything six ways um but then so jess my wife does all the merch and she does all the ordering and the posting and everything like that mm. we've got um trend who does our demos and works with me once a week um but then there's yeah so kyle watson jeff de Bleu, tommy q which is from I think up somewhere near your way. Okay. Um, Mark Spence from Birmingham. Oh, is Mark involved? I didn't, I didn't know Mark was involved. Yeah, yeah. So Mark, so Mark was the only one who wasn't releasing with us back in like 05, 06. But he, when uh, I think it was before Nasty came out, he had like a big record on the same yeah. Bristol. Uh, before that record came out, like I think maybe we heard it or we heard his records and we're like, fuck, we just want you to be involved. I think you've got like the right idea and attitude. And, yeah. Um, and so, in, yeah, he's, he's kind of, we all float together. None of us really have a job title except for me. And um, we all just kind of just enjoy it. And if there's a big business decision that needs to be made, we all we all say you have on. to, like, be unanimous. But besides that, it's pretty chill now. That's cool, man. I like that because everyone's just doing their own thing. And are you, are you the boss? Are you the big man? I'm just... I'm just dad. I'm just daddy. <laughs> I, I just, oh, but I can't help. I can't help that. I just, I, I, I don't, I don't think I'm a control freak, but maybe I'm a control freak. Yeah. Maybe I just like to have control of things, even though I like everyone's opinions. I just, I still like to be the one implementing things. I feel just my that. personality. I like that. I'm, I'm pretty yeah. similar where it comes to, I like to know that things are going to get done correctly. Yeah, and which which it's fucking it's hard. It makes yeah. things hard because <laughs> everything <laughs> always falls on you at the end of the day, right? But, but that's why I do it. I don't want to blame anyone for anything. If yeah. anything doesn't happen correctly, 
I have to blame myself. And Same. if I can't do that, that was when it, how I was talking about me and my manager falling out years ago. That was what it came down to was mm. that I couldn't blame myself for things. I kept blaming him. Yeah. And, um, and that was because I had a manager. Mm. But, yeah. It's that extreme yeah. ownership. It's, it's that, it's that extreme ownership, isn't it? It's being able to go actually, no, this is my fault. Yeah. And when you take out all kind of, like positions above you it is purely yeah. only you that can fuck it up no matter how many people are like, there i signed an album deal two years ago and i was meant to do it at, at an album last year and you know so i worked you know stupid amount of hours and i was like this is fuck another an extra year because i kind of forget that 2020 happened <laughs> and um and so the album was meant to come out, but it never did because the, the label stopped it. You know, the, it was, you know, it was like deliver masters next month. And they were like, no, you don't have to deliver masters. There's no album happening anymore. And for me, that was my balls being chopped off. And I then didn't have any control whatsoever. And I kind of went into this whirlwind of like anger because they are in control, but that's mm. kind of, I signed a contract that says that they're in control yeah. and but at the same time, I yeah. After this, I can't imagine myself signing an album deal unless I had a hundred percent control, which is yeah. just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, well, you run a record label, and you know how record labels work. And, yeah. And that's it, isn't it? At the end of the day, if the record label doesn't like the record, it's not been, it's not going out, is it? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, which, which, you know, makes me think maybe I could have done, maybe I should have done that idea on Box of Cats, yeah. even though it wasn't a Box of Cats idea, which is why I was sending it elsewhere. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, maybe, maybe I could have been, you know, moved the, the gates of Box of Cats a little bit more to make way for my own creativity, which people would have accepted because yeah. I'm, I'm running the label. Yeah. But totally. I just, at the time, I didn't feel like that was really an option. Yeah. That makes sense. Do you still want to do an album? Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, I feel like I've got a bunch of song ideas that I've kind of written and just not worked on because I'm just emotionally not ready to start mm. finishing an album again. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll definitely do it one day. It's yeah. like, I think that's just like, I only, if I do it once and it fails, awesome. If I do it once and it succeeds, double awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, like that's kind of how I see it. I know writing albums is kind of like throwing records away. It's like a bad business decision. Mm. Um, but at the same time, for me personally, as, as for my career, it's something that I want to do. It's, it's, I totally get that. And it's weird that writing albums in dance music, especially, is very... Just, it's kind of frowned upon, especially in the streaming world, because you just you're yeah. fucking yourself massively. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's why you don't write singles. You're trying to make the album not singles. Mm. You know, if you write nothing but singles, sure, then like put them out as singles. But like the album I wrote was, um, you know, all different BPMs and all different sounds and things that you know I can't play in DJ sets. Some that I can. You know, it was purposely an expression of my um, my life on a piece of paper or on a computer that would be solidified on, you know, yeah. on the internet for the rest of my life. I, I think that's it, isn't it? It's also that kind of I guess it, turning into like a, yeah, it's turning into a, from a single artist to an album artist. Justin Martin did it so well. And yeah, to the point where he barely has to release any music apart from his album yeah. every two years, if you know what I mean. 
yeah. uh, maybe even longer yeah. every three years sometimes every six years it's just it it does change things f- to ha- your perception you can pull at, it off. yeah if you can if you can do well um no one wants to hear an album of 10 bangers yeah yeah which is not what i want to do but that's kind of what the label wanted and then they but when you have a label an album of 10 bangers then it is stupid to release them all at mm. the same time because then you are wasting um good revenue and good records on just being being up there um which is you know i i guess their idea of a wonga album and my idea of a wonga album that it should have been written on paper mm. you know rather than it being something that was an emotional thing yeah and, um, totally but i think it's man. i think it's also about their perception of who you are as an artist compared to what you want to perceive sure. want what you want people to perceive you as an artist as well it's always very different yeah. and i think sometimes yeah. that like for me it's like that ego side of thing is like i want people to perceive me as a very different artist to what people perceive me as but at the end of the day i have to sometimes yeah. accept that my that, that they're they're people that like me and they're people that turn up and buy my tickets whether they put me in whatever camp they want to put me in is it doesn't really matter yeah yeah but i mean i, I like to believe that the main my main listeners the people who really lo- do love me as an artist um when i do something that's a little bit left of the nightclub then they they accept it yeah you know so i mean i still have people you know and i mean people and it brings in new fans mm. that may not have listen to my other music and that and they you know either like it or hate it or whatever but um i feel like i have a broad audience at least on the gold coast where it's between people who listen to like crossover radio stuff yeah. and people that like to me to play fucking you know plastic man at the end of my set yeah it's like you know i do i do kind of get both ends you know when i'm when i'm lucky enough to no nah, man I, I think it's important i think i do i don't know if you've ever noticed as well like over the years as you've kind of gotten older in the industry is like the new the younger kind of fans and followers and listeners kind of come through because we i don't don't fully know how long you've been doing it but i've noticed it in my career is that you like i'm 30 years old and when i was touring full-time at like 24 25 like people were kind of similar around around my age and now like they're yeah. getting younger and I'm getting older. And how do you find that? Yeah. I mean, I kind of, I feel like I'm not as, I'm, I'm far more disconnected emotionally to them in, in, in this space. And like, um, which is, is kind of weird. Um, but because I do portray a party boy, um, crazy, um person when i'm djing most of the time at least while i'm djing i do take on that that personality and people are fucking telling me to take my shirt off and i so i take my shirt off like rabbits eat lettuce on the weekend i I pulled my pants down and and mooned everybody at the end of my set like i mean i i naturally do these really stupid things it's like i don't think to do them it's like it's still all ad hoc but um i i do have a stage presence that meets them halfway mm. and then when i go back behind stage again i become my insecure little self yeah. and i and i and I walk away that's interesting yeah, so do you so do you this might sound really weird but are you like one go on stage and matt when you're off stage for sure 100 yeah. 100 i really and I, and I really and i mean even even to the point where 
when I'm in the crowd afterwards or before my sets and just having a dance, I'm very, very still. Like I, I'm in, taking in the music, I'm taking in the energies, and and but I'm, I'm not there dancing, having a crazy good time because it's that's not who I am. But when yeah. I'm on stage, I'm you know pouring a beer on my head or something. You know, I just, <laughs> I just yeah, I'm very, I'm very different, which can be confusing for some people that who think I'm some person. And when I go out to the crowd and they're like, "Fucking here, take this pill or do this and do this," and I'm just like, "No, I'm okay." Like, um, yeah. It does. Then they then they think, oh, but but why is he saying no? Because that's not who he is. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yes, it is. That is who I am. Just bipolar, yeah. mate. It's just bipolar. Well, but even even how many? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm polar for an hour and a half once yeah. a week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's nice that you can do that and kind of have that. I think a lot of I think a lot of performers do have a stage presence that's not them um yeah to a certain extent isn't that weird though isn't that weird that, that I, I became professional and you know i didn't do any of this on purpose it was just naturally what i did and and then like um and as it as i got bigger it did divide just get, just get bigger and bigger and bigger you know what in age age and in like I, I mean more so like my stage presence and my and yeah. my real self yeah get get you know further and further, further apart. Apart. But I think that's also, yeah but that is age you know me prioritizing different things when i finish when i'm finished on the stage i'm more thinking okay so what can i do now before i need to go to bed so yeah. i can drive home in the morning before it's like i don't care if i hear for an extra two days by mistake yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the difference, isn't it? Is you've got other responsibilities in life that are that are actually a lot more important than anything in anything yeah. else, like having a kid, having a wife. Like yeah. at the end of the day, it, as much as it would suck if DJing or your child was ever like, I have to do one or the other. You're gonna choose your child. Simple. Yeah, and, and, I, and I or think, even even even. Like yeah, I feel like a few years ago I said to Jess, I said I, I said I know you would never make me choose musical life um, because she's a great person, but I said if I ever had to, I would choose you, and yeah. that's not because I dislike music at all, but that's just naturally what's important in life. That's amazing, man. I've I can quite happily say I don't think I've I've never had that in my life yet. Yeah, where I yeah have have met somebody that I'm like yeah you're it and you're bigger that, than what i'm doing yeah and and i don't think i think that's i i may have but i think i yeah. haven't allowed myself to feel that yeah if that makes yeah. sense i mean I, I, we i've been we've been together for 11 11 years now yeah. so i mean i feel like it was probably definitely a gradual thing yeah. where i just slowly felt like you know that she is my life mm. and music is my is my job but you know yeah, I am. I know I'm lucky. I'm very, very lucky to have a wife that that lets me go and get loose for a night out in the bush, three hours away, and yeah. you know, not you know, have no reception, not tell her I'm safe, you know. And then in the morning, I'm like, well, I survived. <laughs> She's like, good job. good job. Thank you for surviving, <laughs> mate. That is that is a perfect thing to end this. We've just done an hour and a half, and I've really enjoyed this conversation, man. I, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, before we end, let's do the promo bit. How can people follow you? How can people come to your parties if they're in Australia? Give us all the lowdown. Yeah. 
Yeah, so if we if you want to come to our parties, text us at 0404-436-038. We do all our tickets through a through a phone number. We don't cool. sell them publicly. So it's it's all private and you know secret. Um but yeah, follow, follow me on socials at Wongo Music. But if you don't want to, fucking don't because I don't care. Just <laughs> Just enjoy your life. Follow who you want to follow. I, I feel <laughs> Don't feel that, obligated to do anything. <laughs> Dude, thank you so much, man. Keep safe. Um, and hopefully we can see each other at some point this year. If not, definitely next year. I know. 100%, mate. You're, good, out, you're a great guy. I you love too, you. man. You too. Love you too, man. <laughs> and that is a wrap. Hope you enjoyed it. Please hit subscribe. Please give me some reviews. Send it to your mum. Send it to your dad or any of your mates if you think they're going to watch it. Hope you enjoyed it. I did. I loved that conversation. It was it was a good one. Keep safe. Have a great week. See you soon. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.